I started a conversation last week about how God works with our hearts, our emotions, our feelings, and steers them in the direction of His will and purpose. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little about how to get a handle on your heart. Have you ever used the phrase or heard the phrase, the heart wants what the heart wants? As though the heart is some extraordinary separate personality that tells you what to do and there's just nothing you can do about it. As though you're the victim of your heart and that your heart just has its own plans. Well, that's not really biblical. And there is a biblical way of steering the heart. God made you the kind of person you are with passion and determination and compassion and disappointment and even anger. But if you put all of those things in God's hands, they are made righteous. They are filtered. See, we have to have all of those feelings, even the ones we're a bit embarrassed of. We need them because we might need to be angry at unrighteousness, angry that somebody has no food and want to make a plan about it. So we need it, but we need the refined version of every feeling. And God doesn't want to take away our ability to feel and doesn't make us numb. He actually wants to make us even more passionate, but in all the right ways. So tonight, I want to talk to you about how God helps us by the power of the Spirit to get a handle on our heart and to steer the heart. If you would imagine that your heart, with all its passions and dreams and desires and feelings, is like a wild horse that kind of needs to be tamed and directed. And I'd, I'd like to encourage you as we navigate this conversation that perhaps by the end of the service, you'd be willing, open enough to be prayed for if you feel like you're in the position where the heart is steering you rather than you're steering the heart. If you feel like the order is turned around, I, I want you to make yourself available for a prayer at the end of the service and I might invite you to come to the front like old school. So like pick your spot. I, I find it's better to just prepare your heart in advance. Like you just know that that might happen. But I don't want you to have a runaway heart. Also, I don't want you to have a heart that's stuck in a different decade than you actually live in. I don't want you to have a heart that says, oh, you know, my first love got away. I will never get another love like my first love in the 2000s. Okay, you haven't been born. Some of you have, weren't born in the 2000s. I'd love to redress some of, my, some of my... I don't want you to have a heart stuck there. Or I don't want you to set your heart on something. And then be really disappointed if you don't get it because your heart was set on something God hadn't intended for you. We can get our hearts set on something and be really twisted by it. On the other hand, what happens when God steers our hearts? When we find ourselves moved with compassion in all the right ways. We are motivated. Our hearts are filled with the joy of the Lord. The Scriptures like it's not what we eat that defiles us, but what comes out of our hearts that defiles us. All of those scriptures are addressed. Even the Bible describing that out of the treasures of our hearts come good gifts. It becomes a joyful place rather than a stressful place. So I wanted to remind you of the passage of scripture we started this conversation on. And then I'm going to use an example out of the scripture that might require me taking my shoes off. I know, I know. I washed my feet before I came here. I'm not going to ask one of you to ask my feet as like a biblical application, you know. Don't worry. I actually, the illustration called for sandals, but I don't have sandals at home. 
So you just got to pretend that these Air Force ones are sandals for the purpose of this conversation. Let's set the tone. Galatians chapter 3. I chose the message for this one just because it seems a little easier, but obviously uh, the message is just like a conversational version of the Bible. If you want to take the Bible seriously, like get an NIV or a New King James. But it says this, Christ redeemed us. Oh, did I say get a download? Sorry, sorry. Like get it from where? There's an app. There's an app. In my day, there was a book, but now there's an app. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. So if you can imagine a toxic spill and Christ coming and absorbing it, he's describing our lives as having toxic spill stuff around it and Christ absorbing it. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? Well, that is what happened when Christ was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and in the same time dissolved the curse on you. We are all able to receive, uh, because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews, for everyone. In other words, you too. Uh, we are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit in and with us by believing, just the way Abraham received it. I want to point out that what this passage of Scripture is saying in, in, in a practical application is that there is nothing hindering your ability to receive something from God. Nothing you ever did ever thought of doing, have recently done, or even holding in your heart as a possibility that you might still do, will separate you from the ability to receive a new life from God. He absorbed all the toxic stuff in the way between you and Him so that you can receive everything you need for a fresh start. That's important. It's important for me to know that I haven't done anything that puts me out of reach of starting again. That's the power of the cross. And so the Bible tells us there are a couple of tools God uses to help us build a spiritually strong heart so that our hearts will want what God wants, uh, that our hearts will be able to be reined in, that it'll be, our hearts will be compassionate in the right things. Ever met somebody with a hard heart? Just no compassion, unkind, weird stuff on TikTok. He just listens to them and thinks, oh right, okay, that hurt you more than anything else I've said so far. How funny is that? The TikTok generation. Please follow me on TikTok, the TikTok preacher. And I, um, <laughs> I need to update my account, I do. Um, but somebody without a compassionate heart closes themselves off to lots of future possibilities. They harden their hearts from things. And sometimes people do that to protect themselves. But in the end, all you do is that you close your, the door to your future promotion because your heart won't go where God is leading you. And I wanted to encourage you on keeping all the skills you need to have a tender heart before God. Tenderheartedness is one of those spiritual qualities that God puts in our hearts. And so there are four tools I wanted to share with you over the week or two uh, uh, on, on how God helps us reign in our hearts by the Spirit. The first is the tool of redeeming something. And we're going to talk about that one tonight. And then there's the tool of restoring something, so to put back what's missing. Then there's the tool of removing something, cutting something out permanently. And then there's the tool of reviving something, something that was... You see, have you, ever, have you ever said to yourself, I used to be more energetic. I used to be a morning, well, you guys weren't. 
You're, you're the sixth bed. Uh, I used to, whenever you attempted to go there, you have to ask yourself, well, who took it away? Because the only one who takes stuff away is the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. And God is able to restore and revive what was taken away. God puts it back. He revives. He awakens. Something that's dead is revived. But tonight I especially want to talk to you about how God redeems us. And redeeming our feelings and our heart is a really powerful thing. Redeeming has to do with the idea of claiming back time. Claiming back lost time. Have you guys ever watched any of those like parliamentary type YouTube clips? Like there's that one lady, yeah, you guys know who I'm talking about. There's that one congresswoman who's like, whenever she doesn't get an answer she's happy with, she's going, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. Well, here's the thing. Redeeming uh, your heart means to claim back unnecessary time wasted on something that no longer requires any more of our time. That's what, it's to buy back lost time. Now you might think, well, that's impossible. No, it isn't. The event happened at a moment in time, but you're still paying daily dividends every time you think about it and spend time on it in your heart. And somebody has to reclaim that, buy back that time so that your heart can be set on something else. And some people, as young as you may be, are already preoccupied with things you can't do anything about. But you're spending one of your most valuable assets on it. Time. You're also hoping that things that are obviously harmful will somehow miraculously become helpful. It's amazing. People believe that God will do a miracle to heal the devil sooner than He will do a miracle to heal you. That's crazy. I said in the morning service, be careful. The devil taught us, if the devil, if uh, uh, Judas Iscariot rather taught us one thing, he taught us that not everybody who kisses you cares about you. Because he kissed Christ to point him out for his arrest. Watch out what needs to be redeemed and not spend any more time on it. I don't want you to go to a friend. I don't want you to post on your social media update. Hey guys, I'm redeeming my time. Don't be messaging me. I just came from this like super cool, super cool, awesome, amazing, best church ever service. Don't be coming into my space, messing up with my time. I ain't got no time for that. I threw a bit of Steve Harvey in there. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't want you to do that. I also don't want you to like, while a friend is talking to you about something that is dead and old, don't be saying, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. You're gonna get, you're gonna get into trouble. But maybe you should say to the devil, maybe when he comes to preoccupy time and space in your life, you need to go, excuse me, I'm buying that back. Whatever real estate you're occupying in time and space, I want it back. Yes. Ephesians 5, let's go to a proper scripture. Ephesians 5 in the New King James says, see then that you walk, walk circumspectly. So wisely is the other translation of that word. Uh, walk circumspectly or wisely, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, 
do, um, uh, do not be unwise, but understand the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. There is this idea of wisdom and foolishness and wisdom is spending time well and foolishness is spending time badly. Foolishness is spending time badly. Colossians repeats this idea in chapter four, verse five. Walk uh, in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be uh, uh, with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, the idea is don't, don't waste time on stuff that is gonna give you nothing in return. He's saying in the one scripture, be wise, and spend your time wisely. In the next scripture, saying, even when you, you've got friends that are not church friends, be wise about how you spend that time. That's what he's saying. He's saying, make sure there's a little bit of salt. Now, don't be salty. No, now that's another other thing. That's an that's a Instagram condition if you're salty. If you're salty, that means you're bitter. We don't want to be dealing with you then. But add a bit of salt, in other words, an agent of preservation into your life wherever you are. Think about that and say, is the place I'm spending time in and the things I'm spending time doing and the people I'm spending time with, would I be able to do that in an environment of preservation? If this doesn't preserve my faith, it pollutes my faith, then it is unredeemed time. I've lost that time. And there's got to be a little bit of wisdom around uh, kind of how that looks like. And so I wanted to talk about one, one or two examples in Scripture on how God redeems our hearts. And here's the sandal illustration. I, I'm really contemplating carefully whether I shouldn't just invite other people up with sandals to take their, you see, their sandals off. Because people with sandals, I know, have done the necessary uh, Yes, the necessary painting and the necessary prepping. You understand what I mean? There's no, no. Who's sitting next to you? I can't, I can't see you sitting there, but, but there's a few sandals. People are regretting their sandal choices right now in the front row. I, I, oh, there you go. You've got, okay, you've got like Jesus sandals. You came prepared with Jesus sandals. I'm going to ask you for your sandals in a minute. Are they clean? Great. If I could just have a medical doctor and some sanitizer nearby. I'll tell you when I get to it in a moment. There's a verse, production. I'm going to skip a verse and go back to it. So just stay with me. There's a verse that we often skip past, but I, I, I want to pause there and then I want to go somewhere with it and then I want to come back to how sandals are used as an example in, Bible, in the Bible about redeeming time. It's in Ruth chapter four. It says this, uh, and it really caught me off guard when I read it, verse seven. Now this was the custom in old times, former times in Israel. So this is something, a practice the Jewish people used to do concerning redeeming and exchanging. So when something, had, a transaction had to happen, something that's broken had to be transacted with something that's not broken or an inheritance had to be transacted from somebody who's passed to somebody who's living or there was a circumstance of debt and a transaction had to be uh, 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 engaged with a, a, a transaction to be completed, entered into to pay the debt and set the person free. They had a custom. And the custom was this, to confirm anything like this, one man 
took off his sandals and gave it to the other. And this was as a confirmation. Now just keep that in the back of your mind and think about two other places in Scripture where sandals feature. Moses at the burning bush, take off your sandals for the ground is holy ground. And we'll read that in a moment. And think about another one. John the Baptist said about Jesus, I am not even worthy to untie Jesus' sandals. I want you to think about that for a moment and think about it from a transactional point of view. May I have your sandals, sir? You shall have them back. I'll need them both. Oh, you got four by four sandals. Okay, that's very nice. I mean, look at those treads on that. I mean, hey, that would pass the police inspection of road tread. I'm proud of you. This was the nature of the transaction. Nobody's going to want to get laid hands on after this. Like, other hand, please. This is the nature of the transaction. How it would work, and this is why Moses giving, taking sandals off is so powerful. And John saying he couldn't do it for Jesus. Untie even his sandals is so powerful. Is What you're saying is the road I walked so far, the mistakes I made, the things I broke, the debts I got into, could you get into my shoes and pay him back? So the Redeemer would go where you've gone to the people you owe, to the places you got broken. And he'd say, you stay where you are. I'll come back and I'll redeem your steps. So when they said to, when they said, a bit emotional. When they said to John, um, John, there is this man who is, who is healing the sick and, and raising the dead. John said, um, I baptize in water, but he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I couldn't untie his shoes because I couldn't get into his and go where he's been. I got to let him get into mine. And, and go where I've been. That has a huge effect. Ah. On your heart. I'll man up in a minute. That has a huge effect on your heart because it makes me think carefully where I would walk. I don't want to go somewhere that I'm going to have to ask my Savior to go visit later to redeem it. Where are you leaving a Google map, Fitbit? roadmap of your journey because wherever you go in order for your Savior to redeem it he's going to have to go to each of those places and pay the bill I think that makes me keep my heart in check I have to rein it in I have to rein it in because God uh, is my Redeemer He owns me he owns me 
and I owe him. That's the nature of the transaction between us. And I want you to think about how, how that looks on a practical level when you set your heart on some wild chase or some destructive path. And think about how that's just wasted time rather than redeemed time. And more importantly, it's not fruitful time. You know, there are three levels of time, eh? There's wasted time, which is the lowest use of time. And then there is redeemed time, which is time given to God. It's nourishing and, and fruitful to you personally. And then there is fruitful time. It's the ebb and flow of winter and summer and spring, of knowing when to sow and when to harvest, of knowing when it's time to prune and when it's time to pursue, of knowing this is the right time for that kind of crop and the right time for this kind of thing. That's fruitful time. Because God makes all things beautiful in, in its time. And so allowing Him to redeem the time is so incredibly powerful. I'm not even going to try and put my shoes back on. No, because you're like, you need a horseshoe thing. I mean, you just can't ruin. I feel bad that it's even. I mean, let's be honest, there are a couple of you with OCD. You are this close to just coming up here and fixing that problem right there. And the rest of you are just pleased that I was wearing some kind of sock. Just for, just for hygiene reasons, some of you are like, let's see now. How sanctified is this Arab on the stage? It's Greek, you know. <laughs> so a couple of things I, I, I want to talk to you about, about redeeming time or taking time. If, if God buys something back, principle number one, if God buys it back, don't spend it on the same thing again. If he buys it back, don't spend it on the same thing again. That was, you know, um, I always get this saying wrong. I should get it right. But there's that really old saying. Some of you may know because your Omar told you, fool me once, shame on me. I do it every time. It makes you think, oh, Peter, you know it, don't you? You're the Omar or Opo who used to say it. Hey? It's you and me now after the service. Shame me. Once, what? Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on, shame on me. Uh, to pay twice for something that is broken in the first place is foolish. I just want to, you get into a relationship, the relationship's unhealthy for you, God redeems you from it, He bars back the time, then you go circle back to that same broken relationship, you pay again. Let God buy it back and then leave it in his hands. The second thing we kind of learned a bit from Moses' story, it's in Exodus chapter three, by the way, if you're making notes, you're keen to have a look at it. You see, you see how God was redeeming Moses? Remember the burning bush story? Moses, take your sandals off. Here's a burning bush. Moses is wondering, how does this bush burn and not disappear? It should disappear. You know what God was doing? He was redeeming from Moses. Moses, you tried to do something, didn't work. You got hurt. But I'll tell you what, let's go again. I'm going to redeem it. You ran away from Pharaoh. Pharaoh has that snake on his head. Take your stick, make it a snake and then pick up the snake so you can learn that you can pick up 
the serpent. And you can look in Pharaoh's eyes one day and think, I've picked up a snake like that before and it became a stick. I can do this. Redeem it. Go back and face your demon. Deal with it. Overcome it. Pick it up. We need to learn not only to let God buy things back and not spend them on the same thing again, but we need to stand back and let God bring the victory. Sometimes we're in way too much of a hurry. So we push so hard that we break ourselves trying to get to something that God totally intends to drop into your lap at the right time. Just stand back and watch the victory of the Lord. You get your heart twisted, disappointed and frustrated simply because you're just ahead of the timeline. One of the most powerful things about redemption is just to say, Lord, thank you that my time is in your hands. That's very powerful. Do you know what that means? My time to be in the right relationship is in God's hands. My time to become a millionaire is in God's hands. You can receive that. You're allowed to receive it. I hope you've got the capacity for it. My time. My time to, to, to be alone and single and working it out is in God's hands. Now you keep trying to escape His time. Make up your own time. You don't want to be single. You're desperate to be in a relationship. Those who are in a relationship are... <laughs> I, I always had to be because I'm, I'm single and feel called to be. And um, people always say, oh, shame. And I always tell people that there is one thing worse than being single. And that's wishing you were. And I know you can't all clap right now because of who's sitting. You can't be clapping and she's looking. You better go to that altar after the service because afterwards you're going to be dead. Um, the time is in, I can't tell you how many things, how many uh, wasted tears. Um, Emotional energy lost for things whose time was just not yet ordained by the Father. It just wasn't the time. And how you're stressing about it, trying to make time work in your favor when the one who created it and said, let there be light and separated the day from the night. He is the one who holds all of it in his hands. Just go with heaven's agenda. It just, the timetable is better. Somebody's getting a phone call right now. It's all right. God's just telling you that it's all in His time. And now you put your phone so deep for safety reasons in the bag. You just tell your friend to come to church, whoever's phoning you right now. Any call you get in church, I believe you use it to get him to church. Buying back time, don't spend it on the same thing. Stand back and let God's timeline work. And then learn to take things back that you've already received. Do you know, I'm amazed at how many times I want something and I'm neglecting what I have already. You have to, you have to, there's a word for it in the Bible, it's apprehend. I apprehend that for which Christ has apprehended me. It's in Philippines, a really cool word. Google it. To apprehend, it means to keep it under check. 
It's like keeping a pet on a leash or a child under arm. You don't lose sight. You don't say, I'm a good parent if I know where my child is most of the time. You don't say I'm a good parent because, because eight out of 10 times when I go to the shop, I, I bring the child back. There are just some things, it's not a percentage. It's a hundred percent or fail. You understand what I mean? You can't say I'm faithful to my partner 90% of the time. Your but hey, there's healing coming right now in somebody's heart. That part, and whoever that partner is, I want you to repent right now wherever you are. If you're online, you're not online. If you're not sure who you are, repent anyway. Just repent because there's a, a woman of God coming. With the sword of the Lord. Um, but, but, but the truth is, uh, there are some things we have to be 100% at. In order to be, you can't just, there's no ratio there. Apprehend, what has God gotten for me? I apprehended, I fully immerse myself in it. I clothe myself completely in it. I keep under, tuck under my arm fully what it is. Uh, we are so often desperate for what we don't have, we don't recognize the value of what we do. Now for this next season, we're gonna start taking things back. You're gonna take your church back. It was locked up for two years. You've got to go take it back. You've got to take back some of the journey. I think of the matrix. who didn't have an ordinary matric and graduated online and now are doing their first year basically online at a university. At some point, you've got to take back the next season of your life and say, a pandemic won't determine how I transition from A to B. I will transition from A to B in another way. In that time, we do what we have to, but it's another time. I'm taking back what was lost in a timeline. So with that in mind, I wanted to wrap up part two of our conversation on, on how the Holy Spirit helps us to get a handle on our heart. And to redeem time means not to waste time on things you can't do anything about. And redeeming time also means not to invest time in things that will never be fruitful. Redeeming time means to come into sync with heaven's timeline and stop forcing my hand in the times of my life. Redeeming my time means to let the Savior step into my sandals and go to where I've been and settle those debts and close those doors and heal that heart so that I am unencumbered, means to have no baggage, to go forward. I am redeemed. Can you say amen to that? Let's, let's, stand, let's stand together to pray. Online, if you're in a space where you can be prayerful, please, please would you, if you want to stand even, like literally you're alone, stand in front of your iPhone or your phone, your PC or your, your um, TV, just stand. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, online, um, and there's a lot going on after the service too, hey, there's the starting point where you can kind of join the church and get involved. It's just like 25 minute thing in the boardroom at Warehouse One, you can then stay for coffee. Uh, just so you know, Facebook's going through like a glitch at the moment globally because of Poppy.
You know, every time you say, I don't want uh, Facebook to track me or whatever, they don't know how to promote things like church services onto people's phones. So every now and then a bot takes us offline. Churches everywhere experience this. So if you ever go online, just go to YouTube and pick us up there. They don't have the same issue. And we are exploring alternative platforms like Twitch or whatever, just trying to overcome uh, whatever the problem is. Uh, But I I do want to pray for you and ask the Lord to... um, Redeem your time. We have over 140 people watching live online right now. It's amazing. How are you feeling about where your heart's at and how you are reigning in your heart? How are you feeling about where you've been and how much of that is baggage speaking to where you're supposed to go and perhaps limiting where you can go because your sandals are heavy? And how are you doing about letting the Saviour take the sandals? They will say, okay, I'm going to walk on holy ground now. Like I want my life to be redeemed. I'm going to let the Saviour walk on the sandals and I'll follow the fire. Which was essentially Moses' story summarized in Exodus 3. So with that in mind, I uh, I wouldn't mind if we just prayerful for a moment. And I invited you to, to a moment of surrender. So I'm not, never, never, we, we believe firmly in a, creating a safe space for a spiritual journey to bring people to a saving knowledge of the truth. So safe space, spiritual journey, two huge values here. But if you just want to sort of separate yourself from the seating area and kind of go, I just kind of want to, I want to be in front of God in a way. And I'm going to, spiritually speaking, I'm, I'm giving Him my sandals. And I'm not going to ask, like we're not going to be one of those, what, what's the sin? That's amateur. So if that's where you're at, would you mind if I invited you to come stand in the front and we did that prayer and as an act of response, I guess. You just took a moment to come and stood in front and I'll wait for you and then we'll pray and then we'll pray and then we'll see what God does from there. So if that's the space you're in, would you slip out from where you are and make your way here now? Thank you. Would you just, celebrate a little encouragement. I know nobody ever wants to be first, but whoever is always opens the doorway. You can come right. There's absolutely nothing about this stage. Uh, It is all the the Lord in the Spirit. The the curtain was torn and He came in everywhere. There's no holy of holies. it is all now spiritual. But I, just, I just wanted the vulnerability and honesty of a, a little space for this. And you may not be accustomed to this. This might be extremely uncomfortable for you, but settle into the idea that uh, even in the Bible times, you know, people, uh, people Jesus would talk, talk, talk to the crowds and the people would come to him and say, sorry, man, my servant. Sorry, my daughter. And they would push in and say, before you go, just a prayer just a miracle. That's all it is. So, um, before I send you uh, uh, off to the best coffee in the city, I want to pray for you. And all you need to do is just echo that prayer in your hearts. Yeah, you're welcome to keep coming. And when we're done here, there'll be pastors and leaders and ministry team, trained people who will stay around here after church and pray for anyone. And that's one of the reasons why we love that coffee's down there and church is here because this can happen and that can happen and there's an interchange and communion can happen and prayer cards can be written. 
It's a holy space. But Lord, we, uh, we thank You for every road walked to this point. Every stop made at the wrong places or stops made too long in places. Every rocky road, every high mountain, tough road, every shaky, lonely road, every multiple paths road, too many choices road, uncertain road that our sandals have treaded to so far. Lord, tonight in this moment here and online, please take our sandals. Please go where we can't go to pay what we can't pay, to redeem what has come and gone, to set our weight to take our weight off those shoes so we can go where we need to go and do what we need to do. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a miracle of redemption in every person's life. Redeem the time. Redeem the emotion. Reign in the heart. Restore and revive so that we can set our hearts after our Saviour and not have it stuck somewhere in the past. For each person representing a story and a journey, I thank you for a miracle that will set them on a path of recovery, restoration, reawakening, and strengthening. Spirit fill us, we pray. In Jesus' name. While you're remaining for a moment, let's pray for us all, online and in person. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will teach us what it looks like to value time to see it as an asset of value, to acknowledge that you've saved us from the past and also for eternity so that our times are in your hands. Lord, will you teach us to synchronize our calendar with yours, to follow heavenly rhythms, to, to acknowledge that these things are ordained by our Father at the appropriate time. Ah, Lord, and we thank You for the joy of what it looks like to trust the Father who's got it in His hands, our times in His hands. And we thank You for the privilege and power of that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and worship?